Welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced by the Brattleboro Historical Society. Nearly 60 years ago, Brattleboro had a teen-operated teen canteen council. It had a list of officers and sought to provide activities for high schoolers in the Brattleboro area. Among its programs were Saturday night dances at The Wreck, known as the Gibson Aiken Building. Often there would be local bands like the Trophies, the Zip Codes, and the Sprites. But when no band could be found, a teen canteen member would spin 45 RPM records. What was the source of those records? The canteen had an informal arrangement with the DJs of local radio station WTSA. A canteen member would go to the station on Friday after school and collect a pile of popular 45s, spin them at the wreck on Saturday night and return them to the station on Sunday morning. WTSA signed on in April 1950 as the sister station to WKBR in Manchester, New Hampshire. WTSA was Brattleboro's first was located on Putney Road, part of the Top of the Hill Grill today, and was positioned to serve Vermont, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts. WTSA was always the most popular station in the region with a strongly personality-directed format. In 1967, WTSA had a Hooper Index listenership of 49.7 market share out of a 13-station measure. Radio then was always driven by local personalities and residents in the listening area would follow their favorites faithfully. As drivers passed the station during good weather, the door could be open and a passerby could catch a glimpse of the DJ on duty. The Brattleboro Reformer letterbox of December 10, 2007 reported, The public has a stake in this local radio station. Like Brattleboro's Main Street, local radio is fast becoming a relic in our nation. WTSA was one of the last holdouts of local radio, sent over the airwaves by local people in a fashion that served our community so well for so many years. John Ashley and John Clark had a combined history of over 50 years on the air, the majority of which took place in Brattleboro. And they also did a lot of collective good in the town. Clark plugged so many local programs and needs, and if you've ever lost your dog, you know how important it was to have John Ashley on the radio in the afternoon. These may sound like small things, but if we don't have live local radio, these services and community ties will quickly become a thing of the past. I remember fondly waking up to Smith and Clark in the morning program all through high school with John's March to the Breakfast Table and Maynard's helicopter traffic report from the Dummerston Airfield, their crazy Christmas telephone calls to those connected with the Brattleboro community all over the world every December were incredibly good fun. Their on-air good-natured jokes were fodder for conversation among so many in our community. My children, now 19 and 22, have similar memories growing up with John Ashley's out-of-school index and kids' trivia contests. This is good local programming, the stuff Brattleboro is made of, 
John is well known in the area for his knowledge of rock and roll and his oldies program on Saturday mornings. Times have changed, and thinking of Tom Petty's song, The Last DJ, we decided to go to the source and contact former WTSA DJ and owner John Clark and the current morning man on WTSA, Ian Kelly. We wanted their views on where commercial radio is today. We asked Kelly about how the show works, what songs he gets to play and why. We also discussed the songs he thought were important. We asked John Clark to discuss his experience working in radio in the 1970s and his opinions on how radio and radio censorship have changed. From Tom Petty's The Last DJ, we get this. There goes the last DJ Who plays what he wants to play And says what he wants to say Brattleboro's John Clark responded. Tom Petty's The Last DJ is a great example. If I wanted to play two or three songs in a row that are rolled by Tom Petty, I would. I could, and I did, but that's not the way it is today. In The Last DJ, Tom Petty sings about missing that guy or woman who was able to be a rebel on the air to play what he or she wanted to play when they wanted to play it. But that's, that's something that goes back to those DJs that were getting going on FM radio in the 60s and 70s. We pretty much did our own thing. We had a format, but it wasn't a format format. It was a stack of records. That's the format of you finding things in there you like to play and going ahead and playing them. That's typically one of the ways that a station becomes successful is to have people or persons in the drive time spots that can maintain a following. And we did a lot of nutsy things. We made telephone calls and we spoofed anything and everything, really. And we knew we could get away with it. Occasionally, we might get a call from an advertiser who threatened to pull off advertising, at which time, of course, we would be obligated to be quiet for a day or two, but then we would start up again. Neil Young wrote, Ohio on the day that the massacre at uh, Kent State occurred. And we had a comment from one of our advertisers about playing it, that it has no place on this radio station because it was politically controversial. Now it's a little more blatant, and maybe it needs to be. When you talk about killing cops, it's repulsive perhaps, but yet at the same time, this is what people are feeling, so you have to acknowledge that. Ian Kelly responded, there was a time when MTV actually played videos, and it was a unique property because it played everything. The era in which I grew up in, the 80s, you had all kinds of music. You had power rock. You had hair bands. You also had Madonna. You had Prince and Michael Jackson and Van Halen. And you also had the advent of rap and hip-hop with Public Enemy and artists like that. All of a sudden, MTV was playing all of these artists that I would eventually want to play on the radio. 
early in my career, it impacted me. But I've been fortunate enough to work here at WTSA for over 15 years. And when you're locally owned, like anything else that's locally owned in Brattleboro, you're no different than the Shoe Tree or Sam's Outlet Store or the Latches Theater. You're a locally owned property. You're in this community just like anybody else. One of the best rock songs was The Rising. It was partially inspired when someone told Bruce Springsteen after 911 what we needed. Springsteen talks about a firefighter who ran into the buildings during 911. He sings to commemorate the sacrifices of the officers and firefighters who died. While many people died in the attack, their souls are always alive. Springsteen points out, though the nation fell that day, it recovered and in fact has risen since then. We were basically given bands that we could play for a certain period of time. For example, and I love this band, but basically every other ACDC song talks about something blowing up or something on fire or blowing up something that's on fire. This Week in Brattleboro History is a collaboration among the Brattleboro Historical Society, the Brattleboro Reformer, and Brattleboro Area Middle School. This body of stories is an effort to share this region's past New episodes air on WTSA 96.7 FM, Saturday mornings at approximately 8.30 a.m., and appear in the Saturday edition of The Reformer. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.